Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. I'm your host and producer, Jenny G. Cousins. Now, in order to tune into my podcast and show, make sure you subscribe. You will be able to see new videos, interviews, and content, and so on. So now the links will be below the description box for my guest and also where you can find us and myself as well, of course. So now, if you also, by the way, have an inspiring story that you'd like to share with me, reach out to me because you never know. I might say, it's time. Let's do an interview. I'm listening. So before I introduce my guest to ask him questions, I'm going to read a little bit of his bio. Okay, now get ready for this, you guys, because I know that you're going to absolutely adore him. I love his energy. I adore him. I connect with him in so many ways. So I'm just going to read his bio a little bit at first, and then we're going to start talking to him and I'll introduce him. Now, Peter Anthony, of course, my guest, is a TV producer, paranormal investigator, a published author, author of several books, including Key Master and Miracle Dog short story, a contributing writer for several magazines across the country, including John Hopkins Medical Journal and a highly skilled numerology expert. The early days of Peter's career began when he was studying to become a special effects makeup artist. Anthony received a phone call to make an appearance on the Lisa Gibbons ABC PM magazine show when a scheduled guest canceled at the last minute. Peter was unaware that this phone call would launch his career in television. Judy Gother, producer for CBS News, tuned in the night that Anthony's segment aired and the rest is history. Now, working along news anchors such as Dan Rather, Diane Sawyer, Lisa Stolf, Bob Schieffer, Peter was quick to rise and was soon working with the who's who in television and film. In 1987, the after effects of a near-death experience presented an inexplicable gift of mathematical codes such as 222, 333, 444, as well as the series of zeros followed by a series of 1111s. This played a life-changing occurrence in Anthony's life. His artistic talents disappeared and were replaced by Pythagorean codes, allowing Anthony to become an authority on ancient numerology. Hollywood's VIPs behind closed doors heard of Peter's gift as an intuitive and began booking private sessions for themselves, their family, friends, and colleagues in 1995, Peter's near-death experience abilities landed him on Fox's hit television series, Sightings. Anthony's traveled extensively throughout the U.S., working alongside a team of paranormal and forensics experts as a psychic detective, resolving forgotten murder cases, as well as exploring haunted houses, cemeteries, abandoned caves, and concentration camps. Eventually, 
would advance Peter Anthony into becoming an overnight success in television. Mr. Anthony has appeared on the Lisa Gibbons show, Borderline, Fact or Fiction, Beyond Belief, Celebrity Seance, the History Channel, Celebrity Psychic, Spirit Talk with Chris Fleming, and numerous morning television shows. Peter has also been a guest on radio shows such as Coast to Coast with George Norrie, Midnight FM, The Age of Truth, Dark 30 Radio, The Outer Limits, The Art Bell Show, iHeart Radio, such as well as a featured guest on Beyond the Grave, a feature film documentary on Prime. Now, Anthony, Peter Anthony's worldwide book tour has propelled him to becoming a defining speaker for near-death experiences. Mr. Anthony's book, Keymaster, inspired by his own near-death, has been in, indoctrinated into the Edgar Casey Library. Anthony is in pre-production on a documentary series called Dying to Come Back. Whether it is clear to us or not, there is an undeniable order to our universe. The Key Master Triology book series explores two thought-provoking questions. What happens when we die and is there life elsewhere? Now you're going to see why this guest here is extraordinary. And thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Peter. Peter Anthony, for taking your time to chat with me today. I'm so very grateful. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, first of all, I want to say thank you to your, to your listening audience. Um, there's a thing we call choice on the other side. I was given a choice to come back. And so when I did come back from my near-earth experience, I began to operate with this thing called choice. And we don't realize, like today, listening to this message and this inter-exchange between myself and Jenny, it's about you tuning in, stopping whatever you're doing, you know, you maybe listen to it late at nighttime, but you are taking the moment to, to listen. So it's called a choice. And so I want to say thank you very much for listening. I love that you've taken the choice to listen to our exchange today. And thank you for being a part of my world this morning. So I'm ready to go. That's so awesome. <laughs> now, now, your near-death experience, it started on the operating table. Like, like, was it just like a surgery that was pre-planned or did something happen? Yeah, I had been misdiagnosed uh, on um, June 4th, 1987. They thought I had a, a stomach ulcer, so they were treating me with Tagamet. And um, I was so busy in my career. I had so many different celebrities I was working with at the time. And of course, you know, my, my gig with CBS News as a special effect, excuse me, as, uh, as a uh, freelance image consultant. So I was always busy and I never said no to, uh, to any, any booking. And consequently, something that was very simple, which was a misdiagnosis, turned into something pretty, pretty grueling. And uh, I, what should have been something simple turned out to be something horrific. And so I had to take responsibility for it because, you know, I've never been one for doctors ever. And uh, I still feel that way to this day. But, um, you know, as I said, I have to take responsibility for them because that, again, goes back to the thing called choice. And my choice was to avoid, to put my head in the sand. And I think in particularly for me, uh, this was like the late 80s and we were in the height of the AIDS epidemic. And I began to see people I knew in our industry from the fashion world, the television world, runway world, uh, film world, people that I had been working with extensively were just dying. 
And uh, I was beginning to lose weight. And uh, I started getting these little lesions on my neck and my body. And I went basically from 165 in an amazing shape to by the time I think I uh, uh, I crossed over, I was at 100 pounds. I ended up wow. staying at 85 pounds for quite some time. I think it was a couple of years. Um, you know, so it was it was it was looking back at it was just a great time in my life. Uh, yes and no, no for not uh, you know listening to my doctor, and yes because of that by not listening it kind of led me to this my near death experience. Wow, wow. So during that time with your near death, now during your time in like the bright light tunnel, mm -hmm. what? were the four important things you learned that changed your life? Well, so oftentimes when we, so many of us have had near-earth experiences, we do go through the tunnel, the bright, the bright light. Um, <clears throat> so many things happen. I can only share with you my, my, my story. So take what applies and dismiss what doesn't, um, because every near-earth story is a little different. But for the most part, the, I think the life review and the tunnel is pretty much the same. But for me, I remember when I did cross over, I was on that operating table and I, I'm looking down at Peter Anthony in physical form, me, Peter Anthony, now in spirit form, looking down at my, 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 my dead body as doctors are going to medical protocol, slapping the paddles on my chest. And as soon as they did that, I remember seeing me, I guess if you say in, in spirit form, transparent form, floating in towards this, what I call the bright light, the, the bullseye, the tunnel. And I remember the moment I went into the tunnel, um, I began to see people from my past lives. I began to see people from my, uh, you know, my current life, uh, reading me at the tunnel, uh, welcoming me at the tunnel. And I think as I'm going through this tunnel, and I have to say this is very important. So oftentimes people ask me, what were you feeling? And, you know, weren't you concerned? And how come... You didn't ask questions like what, what's happening in your life. Well, when you're in spirit form, when you're transparent and you're seeing you physical person on the operating table and you know that you're dead because you see the monitors and you're flatlining and you're in this, this if you will, um, kind of carbon matter, electrical frequency, you're not asking, you know, what am I doing in this tunnel and why am I seeing uh, this and, and what's going on? You go into a state called you begin to allow because you're at a state of peace. And one of those things that happens when you're in that state of peace, you just accept. And so there is no question, there is no, you know, there is no doubt, there is no, you know, what's going on and why is this happening? You just don't do that. And so for me, going back to those things that took place during my near-death experience in the tunnel, the first thing you experience is this, is this over sense of peace and harmony and love and compassion that enters in I guess, if you will, your soul, your spirit, as you're floating through this tunnel. The second thing that I began to, 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 to see were the colors on the other side. And, you know, having been an artist, uh, you know, how do you even begin to explain these colors? I mean, when you, if you were to take a, a, a you know, watercolors and, and, and mix all your watercolors, there still would not need enough colors to, to explain to you what I saw on the other side. So color in itself was very paramount. The other thing that happened to me, uh, and it and it really has a lot to do with where we are today in consciousness, but I began to see numbers like 1111, 222, 333, 444, 555, 777, 999, as well as quantum physics. And as I'm going through this tunnel, 
I am digesting every code, every mathematical equation, everything. And, and to this day, some of these codes I saw were, uh, were double codes, triple codes, and quads. And so I'm seeing this, again, seeing all this. And the other thing, as these colors and these mathematical equations or numbers are united together, I am, this is, this is wild, but this is what happens. The collective intelligence is digested. You are, you, are, you are downgrading all this information into your consciousness. So imagine reading the Bible in 60 seconds or less and getting it and the, you know, reading every history book on, on the planet and getting it and understanding every equation of math and geometry and even you know, algebra, all these different parts of intelligence uh, were digesting into my consciousness and getting it. That to me was very, very important. So the collective intelligence, which I also experienced on the other side, was tapped into our environment, tapped into every home. There is a there is a frequency that when we go to sleep at nighttime and we enter the REM cycle, that the beta, the theta, the the, uh, the theta, and the delta consciousness, that when we leave our physical body, we are putting fragments of energy out into the universe. And I'm seeing all these different fragments of energy going off into if you want to call it the galaxy, the universe, uh, I, to this day, it, to me, it's still an equation, but I'm seeing all these energetic matters connecting. The other thing, too, is that everyone is connected. Everything that we do on this planet, an action begets a reaction, begets an action, begets a reaction continually. And I think for me, that was paramount because then I realized that what I am doing and what you're doing, what we are doing basically goes back to this tunnel when we're in the middle of love and compassion and kindness and you're feeling all this, the opposite of that is the opposite of that. And so you begin to realize that the most vital part of living here on this planet goes back to the basic rules of being kind to people, showing love and compassion when you can, and giving or helping someone in need. And we've become such a society or a subculture of people who, especially these days, you know, it's me, myself, and I. And so when you're experiencing this, it's a we, not a me, myself, and I. So when you're experiencing the we part of consciousness, you begin to tap into other areas uh, of, of why we are here. And you're accepting and downloading and understanding and allowing. And then the other thing, too, that I saw was that everything on this planet, now this just put people out of the way, trees, animals, uh, rivers, oceans, rocks, uh, nature, Everything is connected as one, and it goes back to the source. And so when you're seeing this on the other side, you know, the mathematical equations and the colors and this feeling of, of, of or an inner sense of peace, you're not being overwhelmed as much as you are appreciating what you're experiencing and understanding why we are here. And again, the knowledge that's given to you, you don't begin to question as much as you begin to think, oh, my God. You know, you, you kind of go with this place of, I don't want to say you're overwhelmed, but that's kind of close to what you're, you're just, wow, this is amazing. So for me, going through that tunnel was, was just, um, was truly amazing. It was a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a awakening from it. And if you go back to that, you could probably see it just like that in this very second. Right. Every time I, yeah. I do a show or a podcast, yeah. even a television interview, you kind of go back. It's almost like, you know, you're recalling a yeah. dream and you're sharing a dream with your with your friend or who you're having the conversation with. You, I, I'm here as I'm talking to you. I'm going back yeah. into that tunnel yeah. and I'm seeing 
those codes and I'm experiencing that compassion and love, you know, and what's important to me is simply this, you know, we live in a very complex environment and very complex planet, but the rules of the bylaws of the universe are very simple, love, kindness, compassion, and to help. Yeah. And that's, that's as simple as it can be. And that may sound like an echo chamber of new age philosophy and thought, but we need to kind of recognize that because that's what's missing so oftentimes in life. We get used to my career and, and my my resume and my education and my relationship and you know my award. All these things that are so yeah. no, I don't want to say materialistic, but they kind of yeah. are because it's all those things that we we think are the the better things in life when really it's yeah. really not. You know, let me ask you this. So if you knew that you were going to die today, who would you call? You know, what would you do? Yeah. Um, you know, me, I think of my dog who I love and adore. I rescue animals yeah. and I have for many years. Yeah. Who would take care of my dog? So think about that. If you were given that 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 uh, that inkling of that you were going to pass on today, what would you do? Who would you call? Who would you forgive? Who would you say, I love you? And so you have to understand that when you have a near-death experience, and, you know, an example, I was at a birthday party celebrating my birthday. And, you know, here I am, you know, joyous and happy and grateful that people are coming together to celebrate my birthday. And the next thing you know, an hour later, I'm in the, at the hospital dying. Yeah. So there is no, you know, as I said, you go back to that moment in life and what would you do? What would I have changed? Now, yeah. who would I have called? So I tell all my, my, my people who listen to me, you know, today is that day that you should call somebody and say, you know, I, I really am sorry for this or thank you for being my friend or, you know, whatever that phone call is. Or, you know, when you're walking your dog, get off your phone and walk your dog and really yeah. connect with your dog or pet your cat. Take the time because there's no guarantee. And anyone who's had a near-death experience will tell you, I was in my car and the next, you know, uh, I'm broadsided and I die. You yeah, know, I, had, I know a lady that are, uh, excuse me, twins who were struck by lightning. One died and one didn't. Wow. You, there's just, we don't know. So I look at life very simply. You know, we have a start date and we have an expiration date. And what you do in between is pretty important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like even when I used to work on call at the hospice for many years, you know, you, you see death every day, you know, and, and wow. I found it was harder on their family and friends, of course, because you knew that the patient, let's say they were going into a more peaceful world. And, you know, a lot of them I found were, were at peace with it before because that knowing and that sensing and such like that. And, and it, it's, it's certain events that can open somebody up to say, wow, you know what, a traumatic event can change somebody's perspective instantaneously. Yeah. Really quickly. Well, it makes me appreciate, as I said, yeah. life and, this last several years, especially during COVID, I lost so many different people. Yes, and me too. I, I, you know, I, I yeah. some people I just didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, you know, I lost my, you know, what was what was left of family yeah. um, to it. So as I said, so the shoulda, coulda, woulda is not a part of my conscious anymore. Yeah. I make that phone call. I, I, I make that phone call. The other thing that I learned the other side is there's never a time or a moment. Uh, when I say goodbye to someone on the telephone, then I don't tell that person I love them. Um, yes. I just do. Um, and that was something for me that I, you know, when you see yourself in your life review and you see those things that you didn't do, yeah. 
that you could have done. Yeah. Uh, one of those things was, I love you. And yeah. so that's a part of, you know, when you're in my world, Peter Anthony world, people know, my friends know, those who are close to me know that I always say, I love you. Yeah. Where people actually can feel it and sense it and such. Even with my mom, I had a not good relationship with her for years. And then when, you know, they, they were saying, you know, she's not going to make it. So I went up there and, and she's never in her entire life, long story, ever said, ever apologized to me for what she did to me or treated me and ever said she loves me. However, I went up, I was going up every day to see her. And the only two things immediately, she was very weak, you know, and, and then she kind of pulls me to her. And then mm -hmm. she kept on saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she could barely like talk. And she goes, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, she's still alive. Like, and I know why she's still hanging on. I know why. Right. But it's just extraordinary that, you know, they can feel energy around them. And, and mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that because it just released me, you know, to more peaceful into more peaceful ways. So it saying somebody you love them and I forgive you and apologizing it. Those are like life changing words. Well, for me, what I saw on the other side, and you bring this up, it's interesting because like you, I had a, a very tough relationship with my mother. But what I did learn on the other side was the very thing that they weren't was the very thing I became. And so an example, I often sometimes who, when clients come to see me for numerology readings, and especially men when they complain about their father being an alcoholic, and they themselves are sober. So, well, see, your father was an alcoholic, and because of his behavior, it motivated you to be do the complete opposite. So be yeah. grateful that you are not living in the, in the shoes of your father. And so you have to always go to the higher perspective of a situation. Yeah. So the very thing that she was and was look at who you are today and what you're doing. You're, you're a very loving, generous person. So, you know, that she became your kind of your, your Mikey, if you, you know, as it were to, to be a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now when you experience, you did experience a light being encounter. Why is this subject avoided? It is something I've been talking about for years. And I have to say that when I started first talking about the, the beings on this side, so many people, the medical community especially and then of course the uh you know the near-death community wasn't accepting it because if i didn't have an encounter with jesus then it was made up or it didn't happen or it was a part of a, of a hallucination but then you find out after obviously we've had 20 million people have had near-death experiences and we keep talking about the beings that we encounter the enlightened beings the master uh, uh you know the the uh, if you want to call it a zen master whatever you want to call it yeah i had that uh, encounter uh with a being who was very advanced and was it Jesus Christ? I certainly can't tell you that it was because, you know, it's all, he said, Hey man, I'm Jesus. It wasn't <laughs> that at all, but it, uh, maybe a guardian angel perhaps, but it was someone way beyond understanding and someone very wise and someone, I mean, imagine, you know, when you, when you love your dog or you're in a relationship, you're, you're newly in love, that feeling that you get when you have that love for your animal or that new relationship and multiply that 10 times 10 times 10 times a million. That's the kind of love that you experience when you are with this being. And you're just at peace. That's the only thing I say. You're just, it's like, you know, watching the ocean caress your ankle as you're drinking coffee. That sense of peace is overwhelming. And you just, 
you you just you 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 worship it, you adore it, you accept it, and that's what I was experiencing was the being. So I think for those who have had near-death experiences and you're hearing from the authorities that say this didn't happen to you, yeah. you know what happened, you saw what happened, you felt what happened. You, you so stand in your truth, and I think oftentimes those beings, those advanced beings, they are guardian angels, and sometimes. Yeah. They are there for the rest of your life. And so I think the more we tap into higher consciousness, the more available these beings uh, present themselves to us. So for me, uh, seeing this being and having a conversation with this being, I had a chance to see so much of my life review with this person on my side. Oh, I, I totally believe that. I, I actually, when I was young, I want, I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be with the family I was born into. I didn't, I wanted to go home to God. And all of a sudden, a being appeared right in front of me. And I'm like, take me home. I don't want to be here. I don't belong here. I don't want to be with this family and so on. And uh, the being told me why I'm here, why I'm supposed to be here. And then, long story, right? And then all of a sudden, I felt this, like, I can't even explain it, but this kind of energy go right in through my whole entire being that yes. I, any ounce of stress or, or sadness or anxiousness I had, it was instantaneously gone like right. it was like this kind of energy and this overwhelming amount of love thrown at me you know and and then i fell asleep went into this deep peaceful sleep and i'll never forget what they told me and and i know well, you don't. and, and you that don't they said to, we're always with you we're always with you that's right yeah so yeah wow that's awesome that's awesome I love it. Well, as I said, so oftentimes we have people who are the authorities of the subject matter. Yeah. And, you know, I, I went through so much in terms of listening to the people who were the experts in near-death experiences. And this, what had happened to me, we didn't even, you know, there weren't enough uh, support groups and there certainly wasn't a, a national organization for near-death experiences. There was none of that. It was word of mouth and it's who you connected with and who you spoke with or who you didn't speak with. And uh, and you, I read. I would go to the library and, and began to do research on the beings and and uh, uh, the the spinning tunnel. I didn't know, and so I was on this quest, this hunt, this search to find answers. So as I said, and one of those was I said it was just kind of scooted on the table. This encounter with the being. So with me, that was like let's just go find out what's happening here. That was a uh, it was a mission. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you also are speaking about past lives. Like what were you showing that in, when you were? Well, oh, absolutely. And I, again, another subject that, you know, I think Dr. Bruce Grayson, who has, has become the authority of near-death experiences, uh, brings up the subject of past lives, brings up the subject of the intelligent being or the, or the ascended master who sits at your side and kind of guides you. Uh, so he became the grandfather of near-death experiences, and his research of the last 40 years is amazing. So going back to that, I think for me, going through the tunnel, um, in the beginning, I was seeing people that I had passed. Uh, I, I've done so many different podcasts and radio interviews and television interviews, and I talk about my third grade teacher, who in particular, if I look back in my life, wasn't my you know that that one all teacher who was who made an impact on me, but for some reason. She was there at the tunnel greeting me, but there was this beautiful, young, happy, vivacious spirit that I didn't see as my teacher. And so 
you know, what I got a chance to see was her broken heart and how she just kind of let that broken heart, that bitterness just be the rest of her life guide point. And so I acknowledge that, you know, you, you can't hold on to what someone did to you, that betrayal, that hurt, that, that wounded heart. So perhaps that's why I saw that. But I was also seeing people on the other side that I knew automatically, instantaneously, that they were from my past. I saw people from the 1500s. And I don't want to use the word costumes, but they were in period pieces. Their dress, their attire, their makeup. Uh, there were symbols that I were seeing. And, uh, you know, I saw myself as a, as, a, as, a, as a black slave in the 1600s. I saw myself as a, as a writer who never could complete his, his gift as a writer because of my disease of alcoholism. Uh, I saw, interesting enough, I saw that my mother in this current lifetime had been my enemy in several lifetimes. And so it's like in this began to come back, she and I have back, kind of work through our karma. And so, as I said, over and over and over again, I began to see these past lives. So getting back to what's why this is such a controversial subject, it wasn't until children started having their near, their near-death experiences that the medical community began to listen. And how could these children have known what they knew? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it was kind of this moment in my personal history of going back to being criticized for speaking about past lives for so many years uh, that, that took place during my near-death experience. It was kind of like a, you know, that aha moment. Thank you for letting me see this truth. So again, going back to what happens, I say to you guys, you know, and it, you don't even have to have a near-death experience. You can have a, a body experience. You could go through a divorce. There is an awakening that's going on with so many different people at this moment. And sometimes it's nothing more than an argument. Sometimes it is a divorce. Sometimes it's losing your dog or cat, you know, or a divorce. But these things tend to awaken us when we're at our worst point in life is when sometimes we we go to God or your guardian angels and pray. And so for those who do, I say, you know, I go to my knees daily and I'm very grateful for what I have in my life. And so I pray every day because um, I'd rather pray every day than to be brought to my knees through a hardship and then begin to pray. And so for me, prayer in terms of my consciousness is vital to my existence. And that is about gratitude. So when I see your my past lives, I got a chance to see all the things I I didn't shine in that particular lifetime and, and how I come back in this lifetime to complete. So karma is nothing more than a balancing point. Yeah. And I learn, you know, so oftentimes in our in our community, the spiritual community, we look at karma as a, you know, well, you did this and this is going to come back and haunt you. It's not that. It's just what you didn't get a chance to do in one lifetime or even in this lifetime, you get a chance to come back and, and make it right. Yeah. So again, for those who have these connections to past lives, you know, honor them. And also because this is your ancestor, your your uh, your lineage from your from your from your past. Whenever you're seeing cardinals in the yard, or mm-hmm. when I go on my gratitude bike ride and I stop at a park and a cardinal appears to me, this is nothing more than past lives speaking to you. The, the cardinal, mm-hmm. it could be a grandmother uh, from current lifetime or your mom or a grandmother or a mom or dad or a brother from another lifetime. So acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you, you also were talking about, um, Bordeaux. No, Bordeaux. 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 <laughs> Think of the, the wine Bordeaux, but it's Bordeaux. B-O-R-D-O-X. It's a, for those who are understand the Buddhist concepts, it's the, it, for those like myself who are, who've been parallel investigators, Bordeaux 
is the in-between place. Catholics call it purgatory. Mm. And when you go to a place called Bordeaux, after you've had your life reviewed, you get a chance to kind of look at your life and you see those little things, you know, that you did or, or didn't do. I mean, and I, this is very important. After you have your life review and you see those things like maybe you were mean to uh, the, you know, the pharmacist or cashier attendant or whoever, or maybe you were rude to the, uh, to the person on the credit card company and they were, you know, were having a sort of tit for tat going on because of, of, of a balance. You get a chance to see all these little things in life that you, where you didn't shine. And so what happens as you experience your life review, you see everything and nothing. Yeah. And you see where you were good and you also see where you could have been kinder to this homeless person or, you know, you didn't need to be rude to the person, you know, on, you know, at five o'clock rush hour traffic as you're flipping them off. See all these little things. So as you advance through these stages of your, of your life review, not everyone gets a chance to go to Bordeaux. Um, but for me, Bordeaux was the cleansing station where I got a chance to see prophecies. Uh, Dr. Grayson talks about the PPVs and the P, uh, the personal flash forwards and the, the, prophet, the prophetic visions that uh, a very few people who've had near-death experience get a chance to experience. I was had the personal flash forwards, meaning life review, but I also was uh, able to see prophetic visions of where consciousness is going, where humanity is going. And so I got it. I, I guess the moment when I was having this connection with this ethereal being I call God, and I want to say something, this is very important. Religions kind of teach us that there is this, you know, man in heaven with you know, the long beard and the, and the cloak and the, uh, 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 and the staff, and they meet us at the pearly gates. It's not that. You know, I, I, you know, when people talk about they have this encounter with Jesus and they see this blonde, blue-eyed Jesus in this clean robe, you know, I know right off the bat that's not that they did not have a near-death experience. I think that you must understand that when we have near-death experiences, um, if you are having that encounter with Jesus, um, I think you will know that it is Jesus rather than describing him as this blonde, blue-eyed, you know, <laughs> uh, being, you know, with with <laughs> wings. It just doesn't, you know, it's kind of cartoonish. I, I don't mean to be critical there. <laughs> but um, when I was in Bordeaux, I got a chance to to view our planet. I got a chance to see what we were doing to our planet. Uh, I got a chance to see the environment. Everything is connected, as I said. So the rock, the tree, the the dog, the cat, the elephant, the lion, uh, the plant, uh, the cement. Everything is one. Everything contributes to everything on this planet. Action begets reaction. You know, so if I'm if I'm destroying, uh, um, you know, the, the the environment, what effect does it have on someone on on the east coast? You know, if I'm polluting the rivers, what effect does it have, you know, on the south part of the of the region? Everything has a a reaction to it, and so I began to see all these reactions to what we as collective consciousness, human beings, were doing to our planet. To the animal kingdom, I saw the massacring of the dolphin. I saw, you know, seal and bears and an elephant being hunted, you know, just cruelly. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking down at all this and I'm seeing me not voting and how important my vote was. It's not that I had to put a blue, uh, you know, a, a Democrat or a Republican. I had my my job as a voting citizen was to 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 find someone who resonated with kindness, someone who represented, you know, wanted to help. 
So it's not about blue. It's not about red because you know God's not up there going, well, we have a Democrat that's coming in. There's we have a Republican coming in. There's none of that. I'm conscious as, you know, you look for the goodness in people and you resonate with that by not doing, by not voting, it has a ricochet effect on someone else who's not voting. And so for we complain that our vote doesn't matter. Well, it does. You yeah. know, me polluting the river has an effect. Me having an argument with someone has an effect. You know, I, I had a chance to see me argue with someone and they were so upset by our, our, our tantrum going back and forth. And I had a chance to see someone who went home and was so angry with me, meaning on the person on the telephone, that they had a car wreck and they were upset. But I have to take responsibility for that because our, you know, our bantering back and forth created hardship for this person. So my action beget a reaction and this reaction begets something else. So as I said, so if you understand that there are no victims on this planet, that we everything we do should benefit everyone else on this planet, then you'll look at life differently. There are no victims. You know, I'm in an abusive relationship. Well, then you have to ask yourself, what are you learning from this? And what is it doing to your consciousness? And how is it benefiting you? And we go back to what we said earlier. Sometimes there's a, a thing called, I need to say no to this and move on. And yeah. oftentimes I see in the spiritual community, the people who come to me for readings, they hang on to these relationships and they feel guilty for letting go. You know what? Sometimes you need to let go and to move on to something that's much better for you. So as I said, so when you're on Bordeaux and you're, you're at Bordeaux, excuse me, and you're living in this, or you're in this state of consciousness and seeing everything going on the planet. I think for me, looking down at what we were doing to collective consciousness, I remember thinking, how could I have done, how can I do better? How can I have done better? And that became a part of my quest when I came back. What could I have done? What can I do now to make things better for the planet? You know, so for me, I saw the cruelty of animal. When I came back, I rescued dogs and cats that had been, that come from abusive families. That's my way of contributing yeah. to the shift of consciousness. I help abuse women in, 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 or children who are in, or, or in abusive relationships. That's my contribution to collective consciousness. So I, I say to your listening audience, what are you doing to shift consciousness for the better? What can you do? What we do oftentimes, we're so geared towards our career and our, our, you know, our education and we're uh, being best actor. And, you know, the, the number one football team is we kind of live in a sales mentality. Yeah. And we should be living in a compassion mentality yeah. or a love yeah. mentality. And we're not doing that. We're sold on an addiction of something else that doesn't, you know, that benefit our that doesn't that doesn't benefit our consciousness. So when I'm looking at all this on Bordeaux, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it, it, uh, what, what what could I have done? I was given the choice, and this is important. I was given the choice to go back and this this dialogue going back with this ethereal being was almost like looking at the sun, but fragments of energy, you know, all around me talking to me from here and from my back and going out into my, into my solar plexus. Now, did I see me in physical form? No. Did I feel it? Absolutely. And I could feel the energy and this compassion, the fragments of, of consciousness, you know, exiting my solar plexus. And I remember saying to this being, this is not what God intended. And the voice said, do you want to go back? Yeah. And I got a chance to see myself yeah. on the other side. Now, I stuttered for many years at a speech impediment. I saw myself traveling around the planet speaking on my near-earth experience and consciousness. I saw myself rescuing animals. I saw myself writing. 
Yeah. Uh, and do you want to go back? And I saw myself, you know, my years ahead in this lifetime, what I was doing, I saw where the planet was going. Do you want to go back? The voice said, and I said, yes. And so when I did come back, I remember leaving Bordeaux. And as I'm seeing these fragments of energy on either side of me, on my left and on my right and all around me, the back of me, they're nothing more than it's like fragments of energy coming down to the planet. But what I did connect to was that over here was an advanced woman who would come over here and be a political leader. Over here was a vet. Over here was a, uh, someone who was going to be a scientist to, to help cure a certain disease. You can see these, these souls who made a contract uh, through the Akasic records and through the other side, through, the, through, the, uh, through Bordeaux, who, like me, were given a choice to come back with purpose, with mission, to do something on this planet, to shift consciousness. And you are part of that, as are a thousand other souls coming to this planet to do something. Old souls, near-death souls, new souls, whatever you want to call it, all coming down to Mother Earth to make a difference on the planet. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even when I do prayers, I mean, I, I chant every day and meditate and such. And, and when I do prayers, I send, you know, prayers out for everybody, of course, but I, I focus it on, you know, like negative energies and such like that yeah. toxic energies, um, you know, because if they saw unconditional love and compassion and light, that would change. And then there'd be that changing of the world from the so-called leaders which there are no so-called which there are no real leaders as far as i'm concerned you know it would change unconditional love and i believe that's the number one power of the world and the gift is love well you know what's happened here when we so many people have done so many different podcasts and so many near-earth experiences come back and talk about love and, and it becomes an echo chamber and, the, and i remember this one lady wrote back to me, she said, You've not, you're so average, she said, you know, everything, your message is just so average, I'm not hearing anything new, and I've read, she gave me 20 books that she read, and I thought, well, it just seems to me that if you really were tapping into this message, yeah. then you wouldn't be criticizing, and you wouldn't be saying things yes. like this, so obviously there's something you need to hear, because when you have a lesson of understanding and passion, and yeah, it, it goes back to my yeah. mama said to me, you know, you don't have something nice to say. You better not say it at all. <laughs> well, that's just a basic rule there. Yeah. And so I think for me, the most important thing is, especially within our spiritual community, you know, I said earlier, you know, take what applies and dismiss what doesn't. I yeah. kind of look at me like garlic. You either like garlic or you don't. If you don't like garlic, then don't criticize garlic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't like garlic in your spaghetti, whatever. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's important that we, in a spiritual community, we come together as one. Yeah. And we're being divided. And I yeah. see so many people who are in abusive relationships and so many people who are, who are alcoholics and so many people who are isolated and feel alone. And I get emails uh, every yeah, day. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it's like they're alone. And how do I have a relationship? And I want, you know, to find my soulmate. And I'm like, you know what? There's a thing called lack consciousness. And what lack consciousness means is I don't have enough, so therefore I seek out and I understand why I'm not manifesting it. Well, there's a lack of consciousness that takes place. When you're at peace with yourself and where you are in life is great, then they show up. So as I said, or the job shows up. I always say, love what you do until what you love comes along. And uh, many people say, well, that's easy for you to say because, you know, you're 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 leaving your, your authentic purpose. Well, I stayed in the closet with my near-earth experience 
for over 20 years yeah. because I had I had a high profile career and I wasn't being supported by you know my coworkers. I wasn't certainly being supported by my family and friends. I cannot tell you how many people abandoned me. So yeah. it became a path of Peter Anthony doing his research. It took me seven years to digest my near-earth experience. Um, friends, family leaving. Yeah. So as I said, so we all need to be doing our homework. And our homework is me, myself, and I. What can I do to make me better? How can I be nicer? How can I help? You know, what can I rescue? What can I give? Mm-hmm. We don't do that. It's like, what can I get? Yeah, yeah. What can yeah. I get from God? Even yeah. prayers considered, you know, what can I get? You know, I just, I need this job, God. I need this one. I promise I do. That comes from a place of lack of consciousness. And we talked about earlier, if it flows effortlessly, yep. then it's meant for you. It is your piece yes. of pie. Yes. And that's how I live yep. my life. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, I, I go with the flow. I surrender absolutely everything. Like I work on my goals, whatever it is I'm doing, and then I surrender it. And I don't think anything twice about it. It's like, okay, if that or this or whatever, it's if it's not flowing and I let it go. And then it's like when you let go of the wrong things and the wrong people, the right things and the right people appear in your life. That's how I, I just surrender it with that trust and that faith. Because I channel and work with the Christ consciousness myself. Well, the thing that happens here, people, again, we go back to, so, well, that's easy for you to say. Well, listen, if you're doing the homework and we keep talking about it, yeah. Then there must be something happening with this because again, yes. I've learned to, again, things should flow in my life effortlessly. If this is meant for me, and I'm not saying everything's meant to happen this way or that way. I'm saying if it's meant yeah. for me to have this gig, or if it's meant to me to have this interview, or it's whatever yeah. it is that's meant for me, it will flow effortlessly. Yes, an example absolutely. like you and I had in this interview today. We oh, did our homework yeah. before connecting today, and yeah. it flowed effortlessly. This yes. means aha. My yes. aha button is saying, this is going to work for me. Yes. And that exchange that you and I are having today will benefit someone else who's tuning in today and they say, ah, I get that. Yeah. So as I said, so do your homework, guys. It's important. Was it easy? No. no. Um, <laughs> I was no. so challenged by facts because everywhere I went, yeah. family members, uh, co-workers, uh, I went priest, rabbi, uh, um, uh, the the shamans, you name it. I went on this quest to figure out what happened to me. And rather than, you know, every time that someone said no to me, I thought, you know, okay, this is just one little piece that I got today. And I began to put all the pieces to the puzzle that made sense to me. And therefore, when I finally said, you know what? I'm okay with this. 2007, think about this. Mm-hmm. I came out of the closet with my near-earth experience. And I said, you know what? I've had enough criticism. I've been yeah. in personal relations and they walked out of me. My family disowned me. Um, coworkers didn't talk to me. I had a job who came up to me, of a boss who came up to me on my job and said, you know what? You really don't believe in this BS, do you? And then fired me. So wow. you know, as I said, I get it all. But you guys, it's like this. You yeah. know what truth is. Stand yes. on your truth. If you're seeing it and feeling it and you know it to be truth, then go forward. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, like, real passionate about that. yeah, I mean, like with me, I mean, my, the way I look at things is this is me. I know who I am. I know yes. where my heart is. I know what of service that I'm doing. I'm doing what I love. And if it's not for somebody else, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. And that's all a part of 
letting go of what no longer serves you, staying yes. connected with the energy of source. With yes, the, absolutely. With faith, knowing and being authentic, being who you are, right? Walking your path, talking, being who you are. This is me. Take it or leave it. Right. Like I just continue on and don't well, you look say back. something here that's I very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. say something that's really important. And I'm going to say this because you've tapped into this. It is our job on this planet to find our authentic purpose. And that's what's missing. You know, yeah. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to and I have traveled all, all around this planet. And, you know, well, this time you're doing a so. spiritual job that you're doing. And, you know, I work at, you know, as an accountant, I work as an attorney. I, I'm a fireman. I hear all this all the time. And so I go back to what I said earlier. Love what you do until what you love comes along. Yes. But in between that time, you need to find out what you're good at doing. Yeah. And having had so many bad bosses throughout my career. Yeah, me and too. I remember when I went up to, to celebrate too. my near-death experience death. And it's the top of the mountain, actually the volcano. And I said, please show me what a good boss would be like. And so I wrote down, it would be kind. It would understand my spiritual mission. It would really be open and would be uh, someone who would be compassionate and someone who would be dedicated and someone would do a good job. And blah. I wrote all these different things I wanted the boss. And then as I was on the at, in Maui at the top of the volcano, I was thinking to myself, this person is you. Yeah. You yeah. are to become your new boss. Yeah. And so when I remember when I came down, I went out and I thought, well, I'm a good communicator. I can write. I know that people like what I'm doing with my numerology. And so this became my new path. And the book led me to doing podcasts. And the book led me to doing television shows. The book led, the book led me yeah. to doing radio interviews yeah. and television shows. Every step I took opened up for me. So you see, when you find your authentic purpose, yeah. you become an authentic person. Yes. Yeah. And so it's very simple. If you have an authentic message, you will find an authentic audience. Yes. So that word you bring up here is so important for your listening audience. Find what it is you're supposed to do. I don't care yeah. if you go to an astrologer or you go to a neurologist, you go to someone who is, however you speak it up, the priest, the rabbi, yeah. whatever you have to do to find, just yeah. understand I'm here for my authentic purpose and say to God, uh, Jesus, uh, whoever you believe in, the Ascended Masters, show me what my purpose is. And then your job is to listen yeah. and let Mother Nature, the cardinals, the robin, the hummingbird, the coyote, the mountain lion, the bear, whatever it is that shows up in your life. And people say, oh, you're waiting for a bear? No, I saw the coyote. And the coyote <laughs> represents the trickster or the cardinal represents our answers from previous lifetime. The hummingbirds represent angels. I began to tap into Mother Nature every time I went to the ley lines on my near-death experience birthday and use these cr these creatures that would, sh would show up in my life and go home and look them all up. And there was a formula. There was a pattern. There was a, 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 uh, a piece to the puzzle that led me to the next step. And so I said, our job is to tune in to Mother yeah. Nature. But what we're tuned into are our phones. We're not looking yeah. up. We're not connecting. Yeah. So yeah. go to Speaking nature. within. Yes. And I mean, like I, I always tell people, cause I get asked that myself, like, what do I do? I always say, when you follow your passion, what you're truly, truly passionate yes. about and drawn to, you're going to find your life's purpose and your soul's destiny. And it's just going to start to flow and open up naturally. I mean, I even like do photography just as like a hobby and like a meditation. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. put a photo up. 
right? That I'm like, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to like this. And I'm like, I don't know. But I'm like, well, maybe somebody might like it. So I put it up and National Geographic made a comment on I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what? Right? You know, but you see, that's it's coming my from passion. heart. It's part of, yes. It's, yeah, it's yes. Coming from your, this is what you yeah. did. And as I said, I, yeah. I learned to stop listening to the authorities. And I started listening yes. to Peter Anthony. I never and that was the, the first thing because you want your soul <laughs> no. will not lie to you. You yeah. know the difference between right and wrong and you know yeah. truth. So yeah. as I said, as I began to turn over my new way of thinking and relying on my intuition, my gut feeling, especially in relationships, yeah, uh, I began to make some major changes with my life and especially with business relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that that is so important. It's like we can get different op- offers and opportunities for anything, doesn't matter what it is. And it could be like, wow, that's an extraordinary opportunity. But if it's like, you know what, I just, something's just telling me not to, it just, it doesn't feel right. Don't, right? Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. we have to, and then we're going to be like, God, why did I do that? Why did I, all of that? And then it's like, it's a lesson learned, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, confirms to you that you know next time something opens or comes or whatever it is first take that step back and say you know let me just kind of feel how I feel about that situation even body language right body language you're going to tense up and feel like oh my god I don't know there's something your body will talk for you if you're not going to listen to you but also the other thing too that's important And especially in relationships, I learned that I can learn everything I need to know about a person in less than 10 minutes yes. by asking the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just said, so, and I've applied that with, with, uh, in my business meetings. And so I think for me, you know, that intuitive, you know, when your voice says to you, when you, let's say you go to a party and you're there with your husband and you walk in the room and it's just a crowd with people and you walk in, the little voice is saying to no, this just doesn't feel right, right? You say, yeah. but there's nothing in the room that you're that you're seeing, you know, that that right. makes sense to you. Yeah. And then I had this happen to me. I walked in with a friend, and um, and I walked in. And I said, you know, I don't think I want to be at this party. He goes, well, you know, there's nothing you should be there. And I, and you just started complaining, yeah. and you're so negative, and you're so, are you going to use a spiritual spiritual witch and woo on me? I said, yeah, I don't feel right. Yeah. I walked out the door. Yeah. Was going downstairs and all of a sudden I see police running oh, up. Yeah. Up the stairs, yeah. into this room, unbeknownst to me. I didn't realize in the back room they had all this cocaine yeah. and this yeah. there was so much drugs in the back room. Wow. But I there was nothing out in the in the, in the hallway and in the in the living room and the dining room that said drugs. I just oh. had a sense that something wasn't right. Yeah. And I listened to it yes. and I walked away. So always listen to those things because your guides are constantly talking to you and what we do well that i'm not saying anything so logic and the intuition do this they crisscross yeah and we tend to listen to logic and not our intuition your intuition is 100 spot on listen to it yeah because when you came back did you like did your abilities obviously grow and such like that like because you started seeing all of these like codes and and like well, Amazing yeah, I think for stuff. me, and yeah. you know, this is something too that's very interesting. And I, and I, it's funny you should say that because I got an email this past Sunday with someone. I was a skilled artist. I could paint, sculpt, build, uh, did caricatures, oil paintings, canvas, uh, abstract. I had an art scholarship. I could do everything. I mean, you could just 
give me a pen or, or, or a pencil or a water, a, a paintbrush, but a masterpiece. Yeah. I, when I came back, I couldn't, I still cannot, I cannot even draw a stick figure. It's just like what happened. I think for me, the most challenging thing that took place in my life, number one, was watching this gift that I had for so many years that I took for granted leave my hands. And I say my hands because to this day, I can look at something and understand how they're painting and how they got to that. But if I were to put the paintbrush in my hand, my hand doesn't know what to do. So the, everything's connected to, I just kind of took for granted that when it was the, the, it was the touch that became the, 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 uh, the understanding of this was, you had a certain touch. That's why you're able to do that stroke. This is why you're able to create that color. I don't have that touch in my hands anymore. So losing that ability as a gifted artist was, that was hard for me to accept. And then coming back with math, mathematical codes that I needed to understand. The more and more I did my research on math, the quicker my, my artistic skills faded. The other thing too, on a physical level, I used to run six to 10 miles a day. I was, I was a jogger. When I came back from my near-earth experience, I lost all movement in my leg. I was in a wheelchair. And I also I lost my eyesight. So I think the challenging part for me is that the doctor said to me, you're never going to run again. Uh, yeah. You're going to walk again. Uh, and then on top of that, he said, because I denied the, the surgery, the, the next surgery, I said, if he said, if you don't do the surgery, we can't guarantee that you'll live three months. Well, I began to, while I was on the other side, to look at different types of medications and the effect that it had on the body. I began to look at vitamins. I began to look at herbs that I learned on the other side. And when I came back, I had a girlfriend of mine go back and bring me all the different herbs and vitamins, aloe vera juice, pure garlic. Uh, uh, God, I remember what else I took, pure aloe vera juice, drinking it. And yeah. I began to wean myself off these harsh medications yeah. that the doctor was giving me, including the morphine. And I basically weaned off all these yeah. harsh medications, the sulfur and all the, yeah. the steroids that they put me on. And I began to, to live a more holistic life. And that yeah. saved my life, but yeah. I still cannot run. But what I can um, do, I can bike ride. Yeah. So yeah. that became my 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 savior. Wow. So as I said, so embrace what you can. Yes. And if something is leaving your life, like your artistic abilities, or an example, not being able to jog, or you're getting old, you can't. Whatever it is, trust find it. something else to replace it. Yeah, and trust what it process. was for me. Yeah. Was going outside and being with Mother Nature as a jogger. Yeah. So now I do that with my bike. Wow. I used to run eight miles a day once upon a time ago until I had an accident. And and my foot surgeon said, you'll never like run again. Yeah. You'll never. So long story short, I mean, I wear orthotics, right? However, I can go on the, the treadmill and I go gently a little bit by a little bit. And biking is... Same thing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just got your mirror in the background too. I wanted to say I had that exact same mirror, like that exact same mirror. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Before like all of this happened to you, right? Your your near death experience and and that like did you have like a sense or you know, I don't know, I have this feeling that something's going to happen to me. I just I don't yeah. know what it is. Like did you have that? I did it. Um and let me tell you what happened. Um I began in 1987. I began to see the number 1111. 11. Yeah, I had never tuned into that number. Didn't know what it mean, but it was one of those things. I was just 
seeing it all the time and look look up the clock was 11 11 i show up somewhere it was 11 11 commerce street and whatever it was 11 11 um after uh my stomach ulcer and he gave me tag med and i went out to my car and it was 11 11 i thought something's not right uh and i was working on a film project and i had to fly to houston texas and we were filming on a sunday and um I remember I was looking at this tall skyscraper downtown Houston. We were at a place called Petroleum Park. And I remember I climbed up was at the time of you. And I was telling production because we, we we couldn't film. I forgot what happened. We were in one of those sound or camera. I can't remember what it was, but there was a change and we weren't able to stop for several hours. And I remember climbing up in the statue and I said, oh my God, look at that building over there. We went across the street to the public library, which was open on Sunday, which is unusual. And I remember walking in the library and drinking some water and I walked outside and I looked at this building, which was the same building that I saw. It was this kind of contemporary building at the top of the building was this Gothic, you know, artwork and this very Gothic kind of style and top. And I looked at the address and it was 1111 Houston Street. And I went, oh, my God. And that's when I knew that something powerful was coming my way. It just hit me like that. And I remember the day of my of my near-death experience on November the 11th I remember being when I when I there was so much difficulty going in being checked in uh and then the 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 intern that brought me into the hallway left me there in the hallway because he thought I had AIDS and he was scared and so he kind of pushed me by an exit sign by the garage he just left me there and a nurse came and got me and brought me into the uh to the ER room and then they put me in room a cubicle 11 it was curtain. And I remember there was 11 and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is strange. And then I remember when they finally checked me into the OR, the same nurse that kind of was my my savior that night brought me into the hallway. And I could see through, through the windows, just, you know, the, 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 the surgeons and I watched this nurse go in. I could see them. She was arguing with them. And there was this little old lady in a wheelchair. She was African-American. I couldn't tell you how old she was. Uh, and I remember looking at her, and here I'm on a gurney lying down. I'm in excruciating pain. I was just, I was bleeding internally. I had, didn't know I had a perforated viscous. And I was internally bleeding inside. And I remember she grabbed my hand, and I looked at her, and her eyes were glowing like this blue. And she was this beautiful African-American, very frail. And I couldn't tell you how old she was. She was kind of androgynous looking, but she was also ageless. And she said to me, don't be afraid to go into the light. And she touched my hand. And uh, I remember that experience so vividly. And then I remember when I had my clinical death on November the 11th at 1111 PM, I died for over 11 minutes. And so 1111, cubicle 11, operating room 11, and then of course my death. Wow. And so you can understand that why I became so obsessed with the number 1111, yep. which led me to all the different numbers that's on the other side, which led me to the quads. And I just began to do my research on numbers, which seen became led me to numerology, which led me to becoming a parallel investigator, which led me to yep. writing a book, which led me to here I am today. Yes. Every step I took brought yep. me to here I am to where I am today. So as I said, going back to these gifts that I had as an artist, left me and it was numerology and astrology that became my gift and so i have to honor that today um because again you know, 35 years ago i died and yeah. so as i look at that 
gift that was given to me. Now, let's be honest here. What do I want to go through all that pain and hurt and that mystery and, you know, the recovery of seven years and the, the relationships that left me and the, 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 the medical inexplicable reactions I had to being blind and being in a wheelchair and the pain, the constant pain uh, and, and being at 85 pounds uh, for almost well over a year looking like, you know, and people didn't want to come and talk to me because they thought I was had AIDS. Yeah. So they would kind of judge me. Uh, yeah. looking at me they were just and back during that period of time yeah. people didn't want to get anywhere near you so yeah. I learned what it was like to be social profile very early yeah. on in my life yeah. and so as I said so that very hardship became the very thing that taught me compassion so the the, the gift that I lost I gained something else that was much yes. much more profound and yeah. I'm very grateful I I I agree I agree that number is it's a very powerful Powerful number, 1111. Even I had something I was going through. I was sick. I didn't tell anybody at all. I keep a lot of things to myself. And, well, and I, I went to other people to try to heal me and stuff and nothing was working. I could feel it, but I'm like, thank you. You know, and then I just, I kind of went into a trans one night and I'm like, you know, I just, I, I started like, just, I don't know. It was like this trans, all I could just describe it as. And I kept on hearing, you can heal yourself, you can heal yourself. And I just kind of started going like this with my hands, you know, to the my head, down <laughs> to the bottom and stuff. I've done that too. And, but and you, what I you turned did, around and I saw I saw white powder, like mist of something come out of my side. And as I turned around, because I'm like, what? And I turned around and my clock was 1111. And I knew at that very second I was healed and I was. And then I had went back to the doctor, like the specialist, because I had this dream I was showing and exactly what I was showing in my dream and vision happened. And I went back to the doctor, you know, and my friend, she phoned me and then she goes, oh my God, you're going through this. Oh my God. So she came with me. So when I went back to the doctor, specialist you know i go into his room thinking you know and he goes why are you here he says there's nothing on your tests it's clear mm. yeah. right you know so that 11 11 for me i i really connect with it too right like really connect well the 11 11 in numerology is the awakening is truth yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the unfoldment of consciousness yeah and so for those who are seeing the 11 11 you know as i said especially if you're seeing on your clock but now I see it, you know, I can be somewhere at 11-11 and look across the street at 333 33 Geary Street and yeah. I see a cab with 444 on it. I realize at that moment in life that the angels, the ascended masters, the guides are, are watching over me and protecting me, that every moment in my life is guided. And yes. I pay attention to that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I have so many other questions and like we're getting here wrapping up. And I want to, I want you to come back again because I have literally like a hundred more questions I'd like to share with our, with my viewers and such with you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I would love that. I would yeah, love that. Yeah. You know, if somebody like wanted to like, where can I find Peter and how can I read about him and, and read your books and, and such like that, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, my website is the, the .com, um and just go to it and it automatically sends you to, to my email. Uh, and then 
read my my website. There's so much information. All my paranormal cases are on my website. All the videos I've done, all the articles that have been published, I've, I've written are there on my website. The endorsement page. Um, when people made fun of me for talking about my near-death experience, I had no one to endorse me. And if you look at my endorsement page, it's, it's just thank you for the people that endorsed me. And there are some power hitters there. Yes. Um, yes. And then I I also have a vision uh, page on my website, which talks about where we're going so uh, and, and where we've been. So there's so much there. Also, my YouTube channel. I mean, I, I, I never promote my YouTube channel because I just kind of let it unfold. But again, I have a lot of uh, podcasts I've done on, on my YouTube channel from the different shows throughout the years. And there's some really wonderful information there. So go on to my YouTube channel and watch that. And, um, and then my book, Keymaster, is on Amazon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm always in the top 100, the top 50 um, books. It seems like is it a bestseller? No. Do I promote it as a bestseller? Do I want you to put that out there? No, I, I'm not here to promote the book that way. I'm here to promote a message. Yeah. Um, message. I'm very blessed yes. that the book keeps selling and selling and selling and the audience yeah. loves, love, loves. Um, I have a, my next book, the sequel to Keymaster, will be coming out. I'm, I'm down to three uh, more chapters before completion. And I, I'm going to be a little bit more particular about where I publish this book this next time. And it's, 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 it is a book about, uh, it picks up, you know, my, about my near earth experience and what gifts I, that I received from the other side and what I did with them. And then how I began to travel around the, the world on 11-11, my clinical death, you go on to the ley lines, the grids. I've been to Maui, I've been to Sedona, I've been to Glastonbury, uh, of the Both, you know, uh, Canterbury, all the different, and what happened to me, all these angelic encounters I had along the way. So I bring in a lot of angel encounters. Yeah. So it's a lot of information for someone who uh, is on a quest, who's on a mission to to learn about so many different things besides the near-earth experience. Uh, that's what, that's exactly what I mean. This is why it's like, I literally have like a hundred more questions, right? You know, I'd, I'd love to share about you, you know, with my viewers as well. And, and, um, you know, because it gives them, you know, even with myself, let's say like, I mean, I work with clients myself as well, you know, every day and, and my, you know, my like motivation and my high is, let's say, even if I can help even just one person a day, let's say, just as an example, I know I've done my work because when you help that one person, because I deal with suicides, right? I deal with a lot of suicides, right? So it's like when you help that one person, you can save that person's life and even what you you help them through and with they're going to gain that knowledge and then they could meet somebody that's going through something similar and because of what they've been through and how they've you know healed themselves it goes on and on and on and on and it spreads that collective consciousness to help heal the world and our planet that's it's those why little I'm things that, that yeah. yeah it's those little things that actually trans you know transforms consciousness where we yeah. can transcend i say to people all the time is you know what get out of your busy world and go to a park or go to the the forest or go to the river or go to the ocean and sit there and have your conversation with god the ascended masters your angels whatever however you identify your 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 god right yeah. and go there and communicate and watch what happens yeah and uh and i learned to do that and i said I'm amazed. I'm blessed uh, with so much that's taken place. And I'm going to say this, and I, you know, when people kind of say things to me that that, especially about angels, I've had uh, 
so many angelic encounters. And this next book goes into that. Yeah. And I think when we go out to Mother Nature, we go to little places and we're relaxing. What we're doing, we're downgrading our consciousness and we're kind of like, you know, getting rid of all. It's like, you know, like a computer when we reboot. When we go into Mother Nature, we are rebooting our consciousness. And the reason why is because we're upgrading our consciousness. Yeah. And this is when things begin to change in our life. When you downgrade and let peace and harmony and, and all those good things take place in your life, you are upgrading to the Ascended Master's consciousness. And that's why all these things happen effortlessly, you guys. It's because you are willing to do the homework and go there and do what you have to do and connect. Get out of the house. It's one way. So, well, I'll just go to my bedroom and say, no, I want you to go to a park. I want you to go to River and Ocean. Well, that's so far away. Well, they're right off the bat that tells us she's really not willing to do the homework. Yeah. But if you're willing to do the homework, let me tell you, yeah. the gift that's out there for you guys is amazing. Do it. Yeah, because I believe we're all gifted and talented and have our own unique abilities to share with the world, you know, and, and that's why I'm Absolutely. telling people, like, why Absolutely. would you try to be somebody who you're not? Why when you're when you're following what you resonate, you're following your passions, what you're drawn to, there's your purpose. So why would you try to be somebody who you're not? Because it's not it's not going to last yeah. because the vibrational frequency isn't going to keep you there. Yeah. Well, I always say to my audience and this I get so many men, I, a lot of attorneys and, and corporations. I mean, I had one this past weekend with an attorney and uh, and, you know, people get into jobs they don't like. Yeah. And they yeah. stay there because of security. They stay there because of family. They stay there because of, there's a thousand reasons why they stay there. Okay, I get that. I did the same thing when I was in the news division. I did that in the entertainment industry. I, I ended my contract in 2007 and said, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. I had to, I had to make a commitment to Peter Anthony to do what I really wanted yes. to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I said earlier, love what you do until what you love comes along. If you work towards your goal, now, I wrote my book behind the scenes for nine years, wow. told no one. Yeah, good. Then I had yeah. many yeah. years of my book being rejected until I got published. And then again, the rejection, I thought, you know, I, I knew all I needed was one yes. Yeah, one and I yes. believe it's the yes the person say, who says you yes. Say, you only need one. Yeah, Forget and that's the right person. To get. Yeah. Whoever yeah. says yes, you can send it to a million people. All you need is that yes. And whoever says yes, it's like, okay, that's the right fit or connection for you. That's your piece of pie. Yes. That is your piece of pie. And that's the person you're to connect with. So yeah. as I said, so I yeah. encourage you, all of you today to yeah. find your authentic purpose, whatever that might be. Yeah. But if Absolutely. you're in a relationship that you don't like, get out of it. If you're in a job that yeah. you don't like, you hate it, get out of it. But find yeah. a way that, you know, don't yeah. just quit tomorrow. You can't, that's silly. But, you know, as I said, find your way and you'll know when it's time. You'll know yeah. when it's time to end. You'll know when it's time to connect and you'll know when it's time to, to become the person you're meant to be. Yeah. So, little, you know, small steps to your, to your beginnings. Cause for every three steps, as I say, for every three steps you feel you're taking backwards, you're actually taking that giant leap forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that's why I yeah. see it. So, right. Because every time you ever have you ever noticed that whatever it is you're working on or doing, and then you're like, God, I've, I've just put so much work into this or whatever it is. And I just, I'm not seeing anything. I'm just, nothing's happening. Geez, maybe I should just stop doing it. And just 
when you're about to say, you know what, I give up, I'm surrendering this, that's done. All of a sudden, something will happen, a phone call or a message or whatever it is will come in. Do you ever notice that? Like that's, I notice that I'm like spirit, you know what, I've had enough of this or whatever it is. I'm surrendering it to you. And I'm, I just walk the opposite direction. And then they're like, over here, Jenny. <laughs> I had one phone call that changed my life. Yes. Seven years of trying to understand my, my near yes. experience and why I was seeing the codes. Seven years. No, 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 no. People leaving my life and family disowning me and yep. intimate relationships walking out of my life because of my near-death experience. Yep. So I studied and I studied and I studied and I studied all the numerology. And that one phone call came in from a from yes. a homicide detective who wanted me to work on a numerology case. Wow. Uh, and someone who um, turned out to be a, a a murderer who was into special effects. Yeah. This whole seven years led me to this one phone call, which changed my entire life, which led me on my career as a paranormal investigator, which led me to the History Channel, which led me to uh, the, all the different radio shows I've done, the television shows I've done. It, that yes. one phone call. Now, so imagine seven years of no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yes. Yet. It only yes. took that one yes seven years later, and then here I am. Yeah, so and it's the right time. Understand, be patient with the no until the yes comes along. Yeah, I exactly. I don't. I flow. I don't force or push anything. Yeah. And it's like I go with my own flow or whatever, like that. Work towards whatever it is, and leave whatever comes in between up to the spirit world for my highest self and highest purpose. And I don't yeah. think nothing of it. What doesn't work out, okay, that's just not the direction for me or yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, and I don't think anything of it, like nothing of it. So, but yeah. well, wow, Peter, like I'm, I'm so grateful, so, so truly grateful that we, we had this opportunity. And as I mentioned, even before, even before, um, that I want to have you back on. There's so much more that we can chat about and discuss and, and, you know, cause especially how much the planet is awakening. I mean, there's been more changes this year being a universal seven year too, by the way, of course, than there has been in over 10,000 years. So I love how people well, are awakening. And such people like are that. awakening. And, yeah. People are awakening. They're, they're seeing, you know, we're watching the demise of our government and I'm, I'm not oh. red or blue. We're, we're all, yeah. our, when I look back and I, <laughs> and, and where I was in the news division and I look at where we are, nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same old voting rights and the same abortion rights and the same, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, immigration laws and or the lack of, you know, I've been listening to this since the 80s and all they do is kick the can down the street. So I say to you this, you guys, we are the change. We are the yeah. difference. We are the voice. Yeah. And it's going to take all of us to come together as one to change collective consciousness. Yeah. But we ourselves have to change within first. Yes. We have to become the strong leaders with our first. So that's why I say, get rid of the toxicity in life, the relationships, the job, the bosses, the people, whatever. I had to be stripped down to nothing to start over again. Yeah, so if that's I, what it takes, then yeah. go forward. I've go forward. been there. Don't even get me started how many times I've been there myself. Oh, I, right? Well, I, we both I, can, I, but, but I said so many times people in the spiritual community, yeah. I see them sick, I see them wounded, I see them hurt. I yeah. see them, you know, not doing their authentic purpose. See all these different things. Yeah. Well, that's easy for you to say. It wasn't easy. And ask no. anyone who's yeah. had an earth experience. Yes. The yeah. first thing that you learn is that this was not an easy path. And why did yeah. you choose me? But yeah. you learn that you become the messenger and it puts a bullseye on you. And you have yeah. to do it because you know what truth is and you just do it. Yes. Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had a few near-death experiences. You know, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But, but thank oh my you so goodness. much. I oh, I of just course. appreciate you so much, and 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 oh. I really thank you, your audience, for taking the time to listen to us. Oh, of course, and you know we'll it, connect. We're going to connect you in any way. And I hope there's many wonderful guests on your show because you deserve it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you you'll come back on again and further our discussion. I want to, you know what I'd like to talk about here? Yeah. I want to talk about angelic encounters and, and yes. why they happen and where they happen. Yes. I want to talk about ghosts on the other side yeah. and why Hollywood has taken this into a, a world of boo and scare tactics yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk about uh, the ley lines, which I think is very important for those who are seriously about doing grid work on the planet. Yeah. Um, I, I would want to talk about, you know, where we're going as a collective consciousness yes. between now and 2029. Absolutely. So these are subjects I want to talk about. So I, yes, I would and we're going to. So you know that audience. So now I want to thank everyone for tuning in, like everyone for tuning in. I'm, you know, gratitude goes a long way for yeah. me. The simplest things, you know, I'm very grateful for. And, you know, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and my YouTube channel in order to get content and videos and, and interviews and so on, plus so much more. And, you know, if, if you find that you have a story you'd love to share of something or talk to me about and such, let me know, send me a message because you never know we're awakening. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's open up and bring it on and live in that modality of love and kindness and so on. And thank you again to my friend, Peter, I'm so grateful we had this opportunity to Thank you. connect today and I'll be in contact with you very shortly. So thank you. thank you everyone again for watching and tune in to another episode of soul to soul connections with Jenny G. As you can see, I taught it's from the soul and the heart, heart to heart. Namaste everyone. Bye. For